Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we have a special show for you about preparing for communicating. More specifically, it's about meditation as preparation for prayer. Although many people may assume that meditation and prayer both belong in the realm of religion and spirituality, they are absolutely essential practices in everyone's lives. Whether you are aware of it or not, you are meditating and praying at various times in your life, even if you might not call it that. After all, none of us could make it through a lifetime if we didn't at least contemplate what we might need to do next, or how to best approach a situation in our life, right? Before we can make any kind of decision, especially an important one that impacts which direction your life would take following such a decision, any one of us would have to at least consider our life and situation, right? We could call that practice simply thinking things through. Remember this part because this is going to be important or contemplating our situation, which is a form of meditation. We're meditating on our life in general, or a particular situation we find ourselves in. Meditation is the practice of reflecting in our mind. It's a little like looking at ourselves in the mirror, but within our mind. In another way, we're saying to ourselves inwardly, We need to talk. (laughs) Meditation is definitely the practice of communicating with our inner beingness. It's the practice of having a heart-to-heart talk with who we truly are within. Whenever we don't practice some form of meditation, especially when we are at a major crossroad in our lives, well, you know the results are not going to necessarily be favorable. It's not that... It's not that different from situations where you might have jumped to a conclusion about what your friend or colleague at work meant when they said something personal to you that you, for whatever reason, heard quite differently than how they intended it to be. Even a little bit of communication to clarify what they meant by the remark could have easily circumvented your hurt feelings or anger when What they really meant was the opposite of how you took it. How many times does that happen all the time? Who hasn't had experiences like that in their lives? We all have. That's just one of the things a consistent practice of meditation could help you to avoid long before any damages are done. Most of us have heard that old adage to count to 10 before you react in anger. It can give you the minimal cool-down period 
and I do mean minimal, from getting your hot button pushed, in many cases unintentionally, by the other. Rather than screaming in rage at the innocent person only trying to help you or even punching them out, you might be able to calm yourself back down to where you restore yourself to your wiser senses. That's a very rudimentary practice of meditation, isn't it? It's a bit of the look-before-you-leap wisdom. The practice of meditating allows you to literally look before you leap into anything rashly. Except in meditation, you're looking inwardly into your inner self to have that heart-to-heart talk before you jump into action. Yet the thing about the regular practice of meditation is that even when you have to make a split-second decision, you are already prepared to do that from a place of peace and loving wisdom. You are already in great communication with your inner true self, even when your outer self was in a tizzy or a panic. It's like a loving couple who had been in great communication with each other on a daily basis for years, that when they find themselves faced with a totally unexpected challenge, rather than freaking out, they already know what they have to do next. Their regular heart-to-heart talks have prepared them well to face sudden challenges in life, especially because they already know how the other thinks. The regular practice of meditating allows you to develop that level of communication with your inner self so that when you do have to make a quick, important decision on the run, which happens a lot, you'd be prepared to do just that. No panic, no worry. Jesus said, you cannot add any time to your life by worrying about it. After giving all kinds of examples, he summarized, Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have its own worries. Each day has enough trouble of its own. He's guiding us to live in the present by gracefully accepting whatever conditions we are facing in the world at the moment. If we learn to deal with what's right in front of us now, we will be able to do the same when tomorrow presents us with either continuing or even new conditions. Worrying about what will become of me tomorrow will in no way help us deal with the problems of today. And if we fail to deal with the problems today, we'll just have more problems tomorrow that we'll have to deal with on top of what we didn't deal with today. Of course, that requires certainty in God and the Spirit of God that we are always, and I do mean always, supported and taken care of. We begin to worry only when we let doubts creep into our mind. If meditation is the practice that allows us to get into communication with our inner true self, get to know ourselves more, and make wiser decisions in our lives, what enables us to get into communication with that which gives us all in life, get to know that creator of all life more intimately and live life more fully in fulfillment of our true purpose for living? That is what we can call the practice of prayer, isn't it? And similar to your regular practice of meditation that you may not ever have been aware of, your regular practice of praying doesn't have to fit the more traditionally accepted 
religious or spiritual forms of prayers. Remember, Jesus also taught that it is the way you pray inside your most private space that God rewards you outwardly in your life in the world. It's definitely not about showing off your prodigious knowledge or performance of prayer in the outer world. Prayer is your innermost practice of of communing with the giver of life. Now, how does your practice of meditating consistently become the necessary preparation you need to practice prayer? Once again, it's quite similar with you needing to prepare yourself before you have an important communication with your family, your boss at work, your best friend, your advisor, your teacher, or some professional expert in your life, like a therapist or lawyer. Wouldn't you naturally prepare yourself in some way prior to your meeting with such a person because the outcome of that communication will certainly impact the course of your life could take afterwards, right? For example, if you're preparing to let your parents know that you are deciding to get married or have a baby, you'd probably at least think about when and where you are going to break the news, right? You just don't toss it out at them in the middle of some other conversation. If you're going to talk to your boss at work about a raise, you'd probably plan out how you are going to broach the subject and what might be the best approach to get you the results you'd like. Yeah, there's a big difference between preparing yourself for the important communication you're planning to have with someone and and worrying yourself to death about it, right? I'm pretty sure most of us have done both many times in our lives with varying results. It certainly brings about a happier ending when we prepare correctly for our communications rather than fret about it a lot beforehand. When our communication is to be with the giver of all life, well, that may be more important than any other kind of communication we might have with others. In fact, in the most important communications with those closest to us in life, wouldn't we often check in with the big kahuna, so to speak, (laughs) first for some advice or even just a blessing? It may be more important than talking to your spouse about making the big reveal of something to the rest of the family, wouldn't it? Prayer is the most (laughs) important communication that sets the course of the rest of our lives. So meditation as a consistent practice in our lives is an apt preparation to talk with our creator. Are we clear with our inner self about what we're going to be talking with the all-knowing about? Well, if the all-knowing is all-knowing, wouldn't the one that is all-knowing already know what we're going to say mm-hmm. at any given time? Of course. Mm-hmm. That's why we say that's the all-knowing. <laughs> but you have to remember that the all-knowing also gives us free will. 
one of the meanings about God giving you free will is the God that God doesn't interfere with your choices. There are no buzzers on God's desk that God pushes when you make a dumb choice to prevent you from doing it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless, of course, you confide in the all-knowing about what you're thinking about doing. <clears throat> you might even hear uproarious laughter that may give you reason enough to carefully <laughs> reconsider what you were thinking of doing. Hmm, <laughs> why is the all-knowing uh, laughing at me? Uh, <laughs> or you might even get a pat on your back for coming to such a wise and loving decision on your own. I always liked the story in the Old Testament of King Solomon praying to God. Because the king didn't pray to God to ask for fame and great fortune for himself, but to have a good heart and do the best he can as a leader for all of the people. God gave him 150% support and then a lot more. King Solomon not only ended up with a good heart and became a great wise leader for his people, God bestowed upon him more riches and more fame than anyone else in the land. Don't you think the king meditated upon what and how he was going to pray and communicate to God about what he was facing in his life at that time? Prayer is always a heart-to-heart talk with God. There can be no pretensions No saying one thing and meaning something else. No hidden agendas. No demands or manipulating negotiations. Prayer is a simple communication of where you are, where you're coming from, and perhaps asking for wise and loving guidance. It's not the time or space to barge into God's inner office in a panic, to demand or beg for something. It requires you to prepare well in the stillness of meditation with yourself, to share your innermost self with your creator. It's the time and space you create in your worldly life to celebrate in gratitude your greatest milestones as well as seek solace and guidance in times of your greatest trials and tribulations. Well, putting it that way, prayer seems like the most intimate communications you might have with the one that you dearly love and committed to as a life partner, doesn't it? In many of the traditional marriage vows, We might pledge our unconditional loving in good times as well as bad, and in sickness as well as in health. Unconditional loving means we're committed to loving our partner regardless of the conditions we encounter in life. Prayer is carrying out that promise to that which gives us life. Prayer also is a practice which means we may not quite succeed in fulfilling our intended purpose every time. We're practicing so that we can eventually 
live up to our promise. Once again, not too different than committing to our marriage vows. At times, our love for our partner overcomes all of our fears and we are able to continue to love no matter what the challenges or conditions we might be facing. At other times, it's our commitment to follow through on our promise that we finally make our breakthrough and are able to get past our deepest fears and resistance to continue to love regardless. No one said it would be easy. It's what practice is for. And the greatest ingredient that allows us to advance in any practice is our willingness and ability to forgive. In practice, at first, we tend to fail many, many more times than we succeed, right? Yet, we have to forgive ourselves and practice some more until we gain the necessary mastery. In this way, our practice of meditation becomes the necessary preparation in our practice of prayer. Growing up in Tokyo in a Japanese-American family and splitting my time between going to school and having many extracurricular activities on the U.S. military base and at home in my Japanese neighborhood, I was exposed early to a diversity of cultures and customs. Yet my parents were nominally Buddhists, not really attending any kind of regular Buddhist practices. I didn't grow up with any kind of regular uh, kind of religious practice. Yet in Japan, the practice of Buddhist philosophies was part of everyday life, not something taught separately. Also, Shinto was the national religion, so basic tenets of the religion were part of everyday living as well. No one taught me how to pray. But naturally, I gravitated toward communicating inwardly with some sort of higher power. I intuitively knew there was some understanding and loving being that I could talk to. And whenever I did, I didn't really have any doubts that the being heard me and in some way responded to me in my life. We're coming upon our first break already. So we wanted to let you know, as we like to do at each break, what we have coming up. And this time it is our next Zoom class in our ever popular ongoing series. You might be more psychic than you think. We'll launch in 2023, this new year, Happy New Year, by the way, as our first class of the year on Saturday, January 14th, from 10 a.m. to 12 noon Pacific time. The class will be creating opportunities for saying hello, energy work for opening up communication with others. Learn to create the psychic space so that you can easily open up communicating with anyone, even strangers. And this is part of our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think series. Remember, every relationship begins with some kind of hello. Join us to upgrade all of your relationships and set your energy on a new level for 2023. For all the details and to sign up, go to our January events calendar section at michaeltamora.com or call our office and speak with our assistant, Debbie, who is very helpful, at 530-926-2650, 530-926-2650. 
during normal business hours, specific time, Monday to Friday. We will return shortly with meditation as preparation for prayer. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com and be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. Well, you may already know that doing anything important in your life requires some sort of preparation. When it comes to prayer, which is probably one of the most important things you can do in your life, it's no different. In fact, the more you can prepare yourself, the more powerful and effective your prayers will definitely be. Meditation as preparation for prayer, that's been our topic for today. Let's explore it some more. Well, before the break, I was talking about growing up in Tokyo in a multi-ethnic, multicultural family and situation. And so I had, uh, I love that part of my life growing up is being able to, you know, go to school in one language and, and culture and be at home in another uh, language and culture and in the neighborhood and just being able to seamlessly go between everything it was never strange. It was never awkward. It was just like, hey, this is life. And fortunately, in, in my neighborhood where I'm growing up in Japan, all the Japanese people were incredibly interested in us, me and my family being Americans, even though we're Japanese, in, in racially speaking. But we were Americans by citizenship and, and culture and learning and everything else. 
So we got along really well, and I got to experience both aspects aspects of those. And naturally, uh, the everyday attitude toward spirit, the everyday attitude toward God, uh, both in the Shinto-type national religion that I grew up in in Japan, that's I didn't go to anything other than uh, in the beginning of the year, New Year. <laughs> this is New Year. We do this time of year. Yeah, it's usually we spent the first 10, 10 days of the New Year going on pilgrimages to shrines and stuff, but it's it was more like going to Disneyland. <laughs> and And more like that was the protocol that was expected. That's what you're supposed to do kind of a thing. Everybody did it. And as a kid, of course, I love going to these shrines and because all along the way there's there's all these merchants and vendors with all <laughs> kinds of sweet treats and goodies. <laughs> uh, and and then but I was still also very, very interested and curious about what the priests were doing. And uh, I used to watch that and, and I really enjoyed it. And then, um, but in the everyday life, uh, it was much more kind of a Buddhist philosophy of being present here and now. And it was not something that was taught outwardly, at least not to me or in my family, but it was kind of part of life. You know, this is how we go about life. And so, so that's, that's kind of my upbringing and, and, Maybe that made it easier for me to talk to God, if you will, uh, you know, just on a daily basis. Oh, it's it's not like we're on the phone, you know, I'm on the phone with God every moment of every day kind of a thing. No, it's just, and not necessarily even every day. It's just periodically, it's like, oh, yeah, it's like calling up a good friend and Especially a, a mentor, someone that you could you trust inherently, and and be able to confide in. You know, a lot of times, especially as a kid, it's hard to confide certain things to your parents and or teachers or whatever school teachers and stuff. So God was basically my confidant. And I recall talking to God most frequently about my concerns for the well-being of the various creatures I felt were under my care. As a child. Yeah, as a kid growing up. Uh, I, ne I never had the, the privilege of having a dog or a, even a cat until much later. And, and um, so the, the creatures that I had under my care were crawdads, <laughs> beetles, praying mantises, uh, grasshoppers, cicadas, box turtles, uh, earthworms. And, and a little bit later on in my later grade school, I got a hamster, <laughs> my first furry, furry creature. So I also talked to God, especially about the people I loved in my life who were not doing so well at any given time. And 
you know, recalling many of the experiences, a lot of, lot of miracles happened uh, after talking to God. As I grew up in my, into my teenagehood, however, I found myself focusing much more on academics and intellectuality, sports and girls, and being more accepted by others. And not particularly in that order of importance. <laughs> Probably the girls came first. <laughs> <laughs> and drifted away from communicating naturally with God. It wasn't until much later that I realized that that was the period of my life that I felt the emptiest inside. Even though outwardly I was succeeding in pretty much everything I did and most probably time period in my life where I was most popular with everyone else in the outside world. During that period of my growing up, I ended up trying to figure out things in my life intellectually, you know, thinking about it, thinking about it, rather than communicating with my inner self, God, or for that matter, anyone else. I was certainly more self-centered about everything rather than the sharing self that I actually was previous to that time period. Only when I started to consciously explore the depths of my inner psychic self did I start to restore my real communication with that aspect of my beingness. The more I learned to meditate and do my psychic inner work, the more I started to feel that emptiness go away and got replaced with a renewed experience of deep spirit connection and fulfillment. With that, my innate, natural, untaught practice of praying returned. I meditated multiple times every day. Often I found myself communing with God briefly after I meditated. For me, it was a natural progression. I've heard that there are many people who are adverse to dancing because <laughs> dancing naturally leads to other things. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so perhaps some people are afraid of meditating because meditating can easily lead to prayer. And what does prayer lead to? Prayer leads to the truth. Right. Well, since Michael spoke a little bit about his uh, childhood and, and uh, connection with meditating and prayer, I'll talk a little bit about mine, um, because I'm sure a lot of our audience can relate to this. I grew up in a strictly Catholic family, and from the time I was very little, was probably one of the most enthusiastic Catholics there ever was. And as soon as I learned how to pray the rosary or say the uh, various prayers that the Catholics said, I made a practice of it over and over and over and over and over. Repetitive prayer is what I call it now, um, because that's what I thought you were supposed to do. I didn't know there was any particular goal to it at the time. But as I got older and, and started to separate myself from the religious training and taking with me what was the truth in that training for myself, including about prayer? Um, at that time, I found meditation. And learning 
meditation changed completely my view of prayer. I was taught before that saying prayers repetitively really helps, and actually it does. You know, if you don't know what else to do, if you've had that religious training, I I think repetitive prayer actually does help, especially if said with a lot of sincerity. Um, At the time, I also learned that you can beg for things with prayers. We talked about that a little bit last week. And sometimes they showed up in some form or another, and sometimes God said no, and they didn't show up at all. But later, once, once I came into meditation, going within, saying hello to yourself, and really being able to touch in with that God force energy that, that is, part, it, it is part of what we are and part of what we're made up with, it made prayer a whole different thing altogether. In my earlier years as a teenager, early 20s, if I was in really deep trouble in some form or another, uh, one of those Our Fathers or Hail Marys would come (laughs) crashing in, even though I always announced to people, I am not Catholic, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual. But that was part of my training early on. And when push came to shove, those prayers connected me with God the way I needed it to. But later on, what I learned is when I got into a lot of trouble, uh, let's say, to give an example, uh, I've given this example many many times before, but when Michael has had one of his heart attacks, and it's just the two of us running our business, and when he one of us goes down, the other of us has to take care of the other. So we were basically pulled out of our work for a six-week period, and being as I'm the one that takes care of the financial end of our business, while he was down with his heart attack and surgery and everything, uh, I was looking also at not just taking care of him, feeding him three meals a day, getting him his medicines and everything, but we were facing blatant bankruptcy in very soon times. And because of all my years of practicing meditation, going within, being able to connect with God in that much easier way than saying repetitive prayer, I decided one day I was so, you know, uh, Michael was talking about if you worry about something or what Jesus said, if you worry about something is not going to help. So I decided to do something about my worry about the money aspect. And I knew if I just sat down and and said some kind of a prayer, it would be heard. But I wanted to do it in a way that was very, very powerful. And that way was for two hours, I sat down and just uh, did the meditation we teach. You know, everybody has their form of meditation. The type we teach has the grounding, being in the center of your head, bringing your energy in, running the earth and cosmic energy filling up with gold suns and really being present for yourself. And once I did, was able to do this and releasing everyone else's energy and everyone else's opinion out of my space so I could really have that clear connection with God. And that's when I was able to come up with what I thought was a much better prayer than a begging prayer. It was still an asking, but where I was coming from was I prefer to earn my own money to pay my way. I've always been that way, kind of a strongly independent woman. 
However, I was in a situation which was a no-win for our money situation. So basically what I what I put out was, okay, show me the way. Show me how I can create this money. And as I did that, I felt a big release out of my space, a huge release. And I continued to run my energy. And, you know, the one thing, there's a quote that a lot of Christian churches say, and I think spiritual people, you know, spiritual, not religious people say this too, and I know it to be true with all my heart. And that is, with God, all things are possible. And I just kept that thought in my mind as I released my thought to God. I would really like to have the, the way shown. Please show me the way we can solve these finances. And if it is your will that we have to go through bankruptcy, then so be it. Uh, it's like being able to release all the possibilities and worries to God and let it be what it is supposed to be. And that was so much better than trying to control the situation and, and make it all better, so to speak. And within a very, very short time, I was given, uh, basically downloaded with instructions on who to call, how much to ask for, and that it would be no problem. And that is exactly what I did. And best of all, I was able to pay back that enormous amount of money um, that we needed to have in order to run our business. Uh, I was able to pay it back to the person who loaned it to us. And by the way, that person offered to not have us pay it, pay him back. Although I know better with karma, I, I wanted to pay him back. So I did. Well, anyway, before we go on our second break, we wanted to remind you to check our website, michaeltamora.com, for all our upcoming events. And you can get all the details for the next Zoom class and our popular ongoing remote series you might be more psychic than you think coming up saturday january 14th from 10 a.m to noon pacific time this one will help you to create lots of opportunities for saying hello to all you meet along your path by teaching you to do psychic energy work for opening up communication with others also we are considering uh, recreating that uh, event we were supposed to do this weekend in, in a few weeks. So please watch for our newsletters or get on our newsletter list by going to our website, michaeltamora.com, so you can know if that one is coming up. And that would be a four Zoom event plus a bonus Zoom. Anyway, in just a bit, we'll be back with more on meditation as preparation for prayer. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at MichaelTamura.com. And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tomorrow. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. 
Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's wonderful to have you back. We've been exploring what it means to meditate in preparation for prayer and how you can practice that regularly. Let us find out more. Well, earlier in the show, Michael was talking about uh, thoughts. You know, in the Buddhist way of uh, practicing, it's a lot of practice about thought. And what I, the conclusion I have come to over my many years of practicing meditation after those many years of practicing repetitive prayer is that for, for people who don't pray or who don't think they pray, their thoughts are their prayer. What you think goes out to, to the bigger universe. And if you're not careful with your thoughts, you, what is it some people say? Be careful what you wish for because you might get it. Um, and that also goes for, you know, negative thinking and that sort of thing. Uh, for instance, if you're a very critical person who criticizes everyone, even if it's not with your mouth, but in your head, criticize, 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 you know, it's like the criticizing starts to establish itself around you. And then you get surrounded by people who are critical of you as well as, uh, you know, that criticizing thought goes out to the other person and actually has negative effects. And even if that person, quote unquote, deserves whatever criticism you're giving them, uh, it's not necessarily a healthy uh, practice to do. Well, I wanted to share with you a story. Uh, this one I have shared in earlier shows uh, also, but, you know, it's, it, some of these stories are very, very applicable to everything that we talk about. This is about author Betty Eady, who had the best-selling uh, book, Embraced by the Light. It's an amazing near-death experience story. And uh, just to, to give a little summary, on November 18th, 1973, uh, after she had surgery after childbirth, and the, basically the doctors weren't paying attention to her, and she was bleeding to death. And during her near-death experience, uh, she was taken by an angel and shown a lot of things about her life and about life in general. And one of the things that uh, the angel told her was, I'm going to paraphrase this because the angel said it much more eloquently than this, but before the show, I just couldn't find the quote online. So I'm just going to paraphrase it here because this is basically what I understood it to mean. If you knew the power of your thoughts, you would guard them with your life. 
And why is that? When you put your thoughts out, there's energy there. There's power. We teach this tool called a mock-up, you know, for people who are wanting to establish their lives and and work with energy and, and not have a lack of abundance. Uh, you start to become aware of putting out that image of, okay, this is what I want. That goes to the universe and the universe sends it back in whatever form we sent it out in. So if we're sending out unguarded thoughts all the time, we will be the effect of that, especially if, you know, your thoughts are in the range of I hate this or I don't like that person or, you know, all negative, negative, negative. You just start surrounding your own self with negative energy. Um, Our teacher, I heard say one day, Louis Bostwick, when you send out a negative thought about someone else, like uh, we call that an energy whack. You send out a negative thought to someone, it goes around the world seven times before it hits that person and then hits you. And it acquires all that energy, all the anger energy that, that the world has. It goes real fast. It's a momentary thing. And you get hit with that. So if you knew the power of your thoughts, you would card them with your life. And then the thoughts you do put out into the world or out into spirit would be thoughts of love and beauty and caring. And one of the other things that happened during that near-death experience was Jesus came to Betty in that experience and said, above all else, love one another, which might not seem like it has anything to do with what we're talking about today, but very much does. Because our temptation to not love someone because of a condition in the world is very strong. So even if you can't muster up feeling love for that person, you can, you can uh, let's say, redirect your energy somewhere else so that you're not n- not loving that person. Yeah, that's so essential to, to prayer, isn't it? You know, a lot of uh, people talk about St. Peter as the gatekeeper mm-hmm. <laughs> to God or to heaven. And, and there are great beings in the celestial realms that uh, serve as a type of gatekeeper. But the true gatekeeper between you and God is you. And it's it's the meditation part that prepares us for addressing our higher self, if you will, and discovering, oh yeah, what kind of gatekeeper am I? Am I am I preventing myself? from having more communication or getting into communication with God? Or am I, am I encouraging myself? And, and just like Raphael's saying, the way we think and, and act and do things in life, just in general, formulates the kind of gatekeeper we are. And this is the, this is the, learning curve it's a it's a big learning curve this is the learning curve of discovering yourself 
your true self and the self that you've created, the self that you've formulated to stand guard between you and God. So the prayer always brings us to opening the door. When we pray, we're, we're opening the door to God, and we're actually addressing that part of ourselves that serves as the gatekeeper. And as we do so, how often do we experience that level of Sorry, you didn't quite make it. <laughs> you were bad here, and, you know, we've checked the list twice. <laughs> See if you're naughty or nice. Yeah, and so it's very much like that. And, and why would we guard ourselves away from God, right? Well, simple. You know, life here in this world is not for the faint of heart. There seems to be this constant danger lurking around every <laughs> corner. And so we naturally want to protect ourselves and go, no, 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 we got to be better. We got to do more. We got to this way and that way and the whole bit. And over the years, one of the things that consistently comes back around for me when I pray is, oh, yeah, it's you, you get to see how you weren't so very kind to yourself at some time in your life. Oh, yeah, and blaming yourself and going, okay, if you can't be smarter, if you can't be better looking, if you can't be faster, runner, whatever it is, uh-huh, you're not going to make it. And so we start to build up this protection within ourselves so that, okay, it becomes more and more important to survive as a certain kind of person, to have other people see you as a certain kind of person. Yeah. So what do we do, you know, when we feel like, we failed or we're, we're not good enough, we look at, okay, how can we be better? But not how can we better be better in relationship to God, but how can we be better in relationship to people and the world around us? And so that's early on we start to cover our true self with kind of a what we consider to be a better version of our true self. But how can we ever be a better version of our true self if we are created in the image of God? So we start to doubt ourselves. We start to project thoughts of our true selves as inadequate, lacking in some way failing, you know, not nice enough, whatever it is, not smart enough. And so we start to try to fix that by creating images that seem more suitable and starting to try to live up to that image. 
And yet, that starts to, what would you call it, uh, uh, make it more and more difficult to pass through that gate and have a direct relationship with God. We have to come face to face with that when we start to pray. And it opens you up at the deepest level. And then you have to look at what you didn't want to look at before in your life. Then we have to go back to meditating and work that out with yourself. <laughs> so, so it's like, a you know, you need both meditation and prayer to be able to be complete. Meditation, on one hand, you can say you're not only talking with yourself, having a heart-to-heart with yourself, Whereas prayer is having a heart-to-heart with God. But as you recognize, when you start to have a little bit more of a heart-to-heart with God, you start to recognize, oh, this is where I've had wrong thinking and and incorrect actions and made pretty bad decisions and all those kinds of things. Then we have to go back to meditating and having a heart-to-heart talk with ourselves Going, okay, what are we going to do about this? (laughs) Then when we work through enough of that and learn, okay, we don't have to put up, uh, what do you call it, uh, false fronts, you know, a a veneer. We could be the real thing. We could be ourselves. And when we feel like, okay, I've been able to let go of some of that, now I can talk to God some more. Well, believe it or not, <clears throat> once again, we're at the end of our show today. We could talk about this for a very long time, and basically meditation is to clear the way so you can have that amazing communication with God in a clear way with truth. We hope you enjoyed our show and gained some new insights and helpful tools today. Be sure to join us again next Wednesday for Your Psychic Development, Stepping Up Your Communication Skills. Since all of your psychic abilities and prayer, which are the two main themes running through this season of our show, are based in communication, honing your communication skills on all levels may be your top priority for the new year. Tune in to find out how you can do that. Remember, too, to sign up for our next Zoom class in our You Might Be More Psychic Than You Think series, and this one is creating opportunities for saying hello, energy work for opening up communication with others, which we'll teach on Saturday, January 14th. For all details and to sign up, check our website events calendar for January 2023 or call our office and speak with our wonderful assistant, Debbie, at 530-926-2650. Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.